The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce, our Flyers pre- and post-game live producer. A crazy two games for the Flyers, a 9-0 loss to the Rangers, a game in which they gave up nine goals before the third period even started. The very next night, 24 hours later, they do respond and beat the Islanders 4-3, the team that was the best in the NHL since the start of February, and they do it on their home ice, New York's home ice. Uh, impressive response, absolutely dreadful game on Wednesday before it. Joe Fordyce, I'm going to pose this question to you. Are you more concerned by that 9 nothing loss games that we de- – deficits, um, margins of defeat that we simply do not see often, or are you more impressed by the 4-3 response against the Islanders? What, what is it for you? Well, I, I don't know if it's as clear cut as whether I'm concerned or more concerned or, you know, less concerned, but the things that are, are key to remember here are that nine, nothing loss was still only worth two points. Um, and, you know, had the Flyers won the game against the Islanders three, nothing, I think we'd say, okay, let's just put that nine, nothing behind us. Um, we came out and we played a great 60 minutes and won the game three, nothing. However, they played a great 50 minutes and then things got very dicey there at Nassau Coliseum. And um, I don't know if, if that can be attributed to a um, sort of maybe mental, you know, the mental frustration of what happened the night before and the previous few games catching up to them Um but there, there seemed to be definitely this look of, okay, that first goal went in, maybe Hart should have stopped it. And then the snowball starts rolling downhill and then they get the second goal. And Jordan, I don't know if you agree, but when I saw the second goal in go in, I'm like, there's definitely, they're going to tie this game. And then um, to me, the surprise was that the Islanders didn't score the fourth goal. The feel that that game had once it got tied. Um, all of a sudden, Nick Letty looked like he had uh, uh, jets in his skates or maybe he switched jerseys with Matt Barzell um, because he couldn't be stopped. And he was setting up goals uh, from every different place on the ice, saucer passes and all these sorts of things that, you know, Nick Letty's a good player, but I don't think Nick Letty would tell you he's a good as, as good a player as he was during those eight to 10 minutes of that third period last night. So um, I I think if you couple the nine, nothing loss with the way the third period went, that's concerning. But a lot of the players said afterwards, all that matters was that we got the two points. I, I don't think they'd be singing the same kind of tune if that game went to overtime and say they lost in overtime and got one point. 
I don't think there'd be like a lot of, oh, well, at least we got a point talk out of that after having a three, nothing, um, you know, a three, nothing lead that said they did get a win. They beat the top team in the division. Um, the division's a little weird right now. It's this team can beat this team, but they can't beat that team. And then, you know, you look through the division, every team seems to have like their bugaboo team for the flyers. That would obviously be the Bruins. Um, and then every team is obliterating the Sabres, it seems like. Yeah. So it kind of seems like uh, who, who can break through for the team against the team that gives them the most difficulty will probably be the team that gets that fourth playoff spot. But you never know. I mean, there's a lot of hockey to be played, and there's not a lot of separation between any of these teams uh, in the – really the top five, but you could probably say top six, although the Flyers put a little bit of space between them and the Rangers last night. Yeah, it's funny. If you told Flyers fans going into the fourth and final game of this road trip in New York that the Flyers would be 2-1-0, and um, they'd probably say, yeah, we'll take that, absolutely. But then you tell them, by the way, that one loss is going to be a 9 nothing loss to the Rangers. They would be like, wait, hold on, what? <laughs> so, it, you know – like you said, it really can be just one game, but no doubt about it, when you lose 9 nothing, uh, there, are, there are concerns to be raised, um, and they are legitimate. Uh, you, you cannot deny that. But I'll say this. I, I think I'm more impressed with the response than I am concerned with the loss because I do think teams sometimes have those games where I'm talking about literally nothing goes right, nothing. You don't get saves. You can't make a play. You make a 1,000 mistakes. You start chasing the game early, and then it literally just snowballs into an avalanche. I think that's what happened. Joe, uh, your uh, your guy on pre- and post-game live, Scott Hartnell, was actually a part of one of those games, uh, one of the more recent lopsided games we've seen in history. Um, and I want to bring it up because his Blue Jackets beat the Canadians in 2016-17, I believe, 10 nothing. Uh, the Canadians at that time were 9-0-1. They hadn't lost in regulation yet. They lose 10-0. They ended up having 103 points that season, the Canadians, and they went into the playoffs. Um, I just, I think good teams sometimes do have those games. It can happen, and I wonder if maybe it happened to the Flyers. I, I do think the Flyers have a serious goal prevention issue, and I think they're going to need help at the trade deadline. Um, they are not the team last year that uh, – the staple was they were hard to play against and they were preventing goals and preventing shots and they dictated pace and tempo. Uh, they are a different team right now, but I do think teams can, can suffer those, those losses. And to me, the response was pretty darn impressive. It's a back-to-back set. It's the second game of a back-to-back with travel, even though it's not super far and it's New York, but it's with travel, a back-to-back against the team that was leading the NHL in points since the start of February and a team that hadn't lost in regulation at home yet. The Islanders were 12-0-2. The Flyers go in there. They really dominate the first two periods. They don't play well in the third, but they find a way to win. I thought the response was pretty impressive, and it, to me it tells me that 9 nothing loss was more of a fluke, an anomaly, um, more so than it was glaring concerns, and this team is about to go into the bottom of the East Division. I wouldn't say anything. I don't think anything close to going to the bottom of the East division. Yeah. I, I, I do. I will say this though. And I think more so what happened last night, as opposed to what happened at the garden 
is the concerning thing is that like that it seems like maybe Carter Hart's confidence or his kind of like equilibrium as a player is teetering. And you saw last night, the first one went in and things, it, it, it seemed to have an effect as things went forward. Now he had to make a couple big saves late. Um, so that kind of brought that back, but you know, the, the tendency to have things snowball on you, that's something other teams recognize. So I definitely think that that has to be something the Flyers focus on. And they've had a problem all year with scoring a goal and just handing momentum back to their opponent. And, you know, I think that's probably part of it. Um, You know, they don't have your true, I mean, your closest thing to a stay-at-home defenseman they have is Robert Haig, and he's going to be out now for a little bit, Mm -hmm. at least. So, you know, and he wasn't even playing every game. So it's not like we're talking about they're missing a top defenseman. I will say uh, you brought up the point about Scott Hartnell. He did was quick to point out that that was Carey Price's day off. So they put up 10 on the backup goalie. Um, I think the Flyers situation is a little different because I feel like the Flyers are a little bit in flux with, okay, if we have a big game, who's the guy we're putting in net right now? Um, I think there's still a little bit of a question with the Flyers right now, um, as far as that goes. Um, Scott did point out off camera about a 10-3 loss on his 30th birthday that he experienced in a playoff series. The Flyers ended up winning in 2012 against um, Pittsburgh. Uh, And just how, you know, you move on quickly. Uh, A playoff series, you really have no choice to move on quickly. And, you know, so a little bit of a different scenario. But um, I I think – I think you can look at that nine, nothing loss. And like you said, if you take out sort of the ingredients of the two and one, then the flyers probably would have signed up for it. But when you put the ingredients in there, it's like, you know, you walk up to a, to, you know, a restaurant and they tell you you're going to have steak and you go in and on your plate is a McDonald's hamburger. And it's like, Whoa, wait a second. You know, this is not what I was expecting, but you put it behind you and you know, the Flyers looked like they did that for 50 minutes last night. And then they got maybe in a little bit in their own heads. Um, I, I, don't, I don't want to call any of those goals a soft goal, but I think the first goal Carter Hart would have said was a stoppable puck. Um, and, you know, things tend to catch up with you a little bit. So I think the next step is to play that full 60 minutes and then that'll do wonders for this team as a whole and for Carter going forward. Yeah. The Flyers have an opportunity to really, if they want, they can make that truly be one game. Uh, we, we say that in sports so much. It's only one game. It's only one loss. Uh, it will be up to the Flyers to, to dictate whether that's one game, one loss. Um, if they don't write the ship, then we're going to look back at that and say, yeah, that was a damaging loss. And maybe it was, um, serious concerns with this team that really boiled over in one game, but we'll see a good response by the Flyers uh, outside that third period against the Islanders. Uh, they respond, they get a big win. Um, and now they'll have a chance on Saturday to finish off this road trip in, in good fashion. Uh, won't be easy, obviously against the Islanders again, but Joe, and I think one of the scariest things is that you pointed out was that, yeah, they do have, I don't think either of their goaltenders right now have confidence or are playing well. 
Um, that's a big thing. Like Brian Elliott was kind of like your savior for a little bit while Carter went through his struggles. Brian Elliott now, I think twice in back-to-back games, he's been pulled. Uh, so he's, uh, he's really fighting himself a little bit too. And maybe he's coming back to earth a little bit. You know, he's, we know his age and we know he's a good goaltender, but he was playing lights out every single night. And now he's coming back to earth a little bit and maybe feeling the grind of the season. So that's one of the scariest things. If both of your goaltenders uh, aren't on top of their game or not even close to it, that could be problematic. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. But Joe, let's look at the um, let's look at points, but uh, odds right now. Why not? Let's look at the futures. We're halfway through the season for the Flyers. So let's see where they stand on points bet, our NBC Sports betting partner uh, for the NHL futures, the odds to win the Stanley Cup. Joe, right now, the Flyers are 14th. They have the 14th best odds in the NHL to win the Stanley Cup at 2,800. They're behind some teams like the Florida Panthers, the Blues. They're behind the Penguins, uh, the Caps, the Minnesota Wild. Uh, they're just ahead of teams like the Winnipeg Jets, the Edmonton Oilers, the Flames, Stars, who went to the Cup last season. Joe, what do you think of those odds? Do you think the Flyers would be a decent bet? I think right now they would be a decent little bet because, let's be real, at the, at the start of the season, some team – some people had the Flyers maybe in the top five or six to win the cup. Uh, right now they're struggling, so they, they fall in the odds. But halfway through, if they get some help at the deadline, who knows? Maybe they're a decent bet right now. Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting bet, the Flyers. And, and if you, I think if you look at the teams around them and you start thinking about the people that make these odds and what they think of the teams compared to the other teams around them, and you see the Winnipeg Jets, they're on a huge run right now. Yeah, Winnipeg Jets in that North Division. And this season, you have a tendency to focus on things almost like they're in a vacuum because you're not playing anybody in those other divisions. Mm -hmm. So I look at these teams that are around them, and the Florida Panthers you mentioned are one of the surprises of the NHL. But we're not talking about them because we're so focused on Bruins, Penguins, Capitals, uh, Islanders, those teams. And you're not looking at those other teams. But – to see that they have better odds than the Edmonton Oilers yeah. uh, with the players that Edmonton has and the, the points that those guys put up on a nightly basis. Um, you know what else I, 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 it stands out to me and, and I brought this up on previous podcasts is the state of goaltending in the NHL right now is not really, I don't think the flyers are in unfamiliar territory. I mean, look around the league and how many teams actually have a number one goaltender where um, um, there's, re- there's not many goaltenders that are going out there and allowing one goal or having shutouts, you know, multiple times per week. That's not really the NHL we play in anymore. Mm-hmm. It's more of a, um, I don't know if I would say finesse, but it's, there's a lot less checking. It's, it's not as physical as the game used to be. Um, you, you can't take as many liberties on defense. And you look at players like, uh, like a Connor McDavid, If he played in the 90s, he would get driven through the boards with half of the things that he does um, if anyone could catch him. I preface that by saying if anyone could catch him. Yeah. um, 
Yeah, I mean, the Flyers are as good a bet as anybody in there around that range. Um, you know, uh, why not? Because uh, we saw it last year. If your goalie gets hot, like Carter did in the bu- in the bubble, two straight shutouts, um, you know, that can go a long way, especially in an NHL where the goalie getting hot is a less than regular occurrence like it was, say, 15, 20 years ago. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Joe Flores, I felt like a fair question was posed, basically, by the way the Flyers played on Wednesday night and that 9 nothing loss was, you know, the question was no longer do the Flyers need defensive help. Yes, they do. They need defensive help. That's no longer a question. I thought the question really became was do they deserve it? Do they warrant help? Will it be worth the sacrifice to get help at the trade deadline for this team? Are they even buyers at this point? Uh, after that 9 nothing loss, I felt like that was a fair question. Like, is this team even playoff caliber? Does it have the makeup to go on a run? Um, I still think they do, and I still think they'll get help, but do the Flyers need help with the trade deadline? Will they go out and get it? What kind of help? Uh, to me, I think you're – I don't even think Matias Ekholm is really even an option right now because I would go out and get Ekholm if you feel like you were in second place, maybe fighting for the division, and you felt like you were one real star player away from winning the Stanley Cup. And you were saying, well, you know what? Now's the time because Ekholm is going to take a crazy big package. He's, the, the price is high according to reports for him. No, and no, no, duh. He's probably the most, one of the most prized attractions on the trade deadline market right now. But the Flyers would have to sacrifice a lot. And I think you only do that if you feel like you're right there. I don't think the Flyers feel like they're right there, or at least management doesn't feel like they are. Or at least the Flyers need to prove to management the rest of March that they are really close. To me, I think you go out and you maybe get a lower tier guy uh, for a less sacrifice. Um, that's my take. But what do you think? The Flyers, I think, do need help, but where do you think they, they could do it? Well, since we first started talking about Matthias Ekholm on this podcast, uh, it seems that a lot of other teams have gotten into the sweepstakes, which has now driven the price up. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you believe what you read. So, and there's no reason not to. Um, so, yeah, that's probably going to be steep. And like you said, I don't think this team is – it's not like they're on the doorstep of, of reaching the Stanley Cup finals right. um, with their current makeup. So do you want to it depends what it depends on what management believes in the of the future of this team. Because I think some doubt has started to creep in about what some of these young players, the Flyers have, what exactly their future is. Um, because a lot of these defensemen we've heard for years that they are the up and coming and they were kind of sold almost as top pair defensemen. And I don't know that we see that now. Um, so I think the lower tier guy is the guy that you go after um, as long as the price is right. Um, they definitely need help though. I, I don't think this team as it currently uh, is constructed I don't know that they're better than the top, any of the top four teams to get in the playoffs. Now I know we have the Islanders are their captain Anders Lee tore his ACL and he's out for the year. So that's a big, big loss. Mm-hmm. The thing with the Islanders though, is they're not a team that really relies on 
it's not like if Pittsburgh lost Crosby or, or Washington lost Ovechkin or Backstrom or Boston lost one of the guys from the perfection line. The, their team doesn't really operate like that. It, it seems to be a more of a system team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that will soften the blow of losing Lee. Now, he's still your captain. There's no getting around that. Um, they put Kiefer Bellows up on the top line, and he's had – we saw him – Getting, inv- getting involved last night, he had a couple chances. So, you know, I'm, I'm not sold that the I, – I think the Islanders are a playoff team, hands down. Uh, I don't see them falling enough to make, you know, uh, to not be in that playoff field. So it, I think the question to me is whoever management believes is the least of the top four teams, what do you need to do to be better than them? And can you do it this season with the trade deadline? And that's what they have to figure out. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't know that the answer is out there, but I think that they're on the borderline of being a playoff team. Yeah, I think they're right there. I think they're right on the border. They're close with this current group. I think they would have a fighting chance, of course, if they didn't go out and get anyone at the trade deadline. But I think if you go out and you get some help for a low, for a low price, you give yourself a much better chance to get in and uh, see what this team can do. And I think this team has, I think this team, de- you know, deserves the right to get some help. Uh, Chuck Fletcher said that last year when they went out and got Derek Grant and Nate Thompson, he felt the team earned the right for some additions without some serious subtractions. He felt they earned that. I think this team does too. I think it's a very similar team to last, to last year. I think it's a genuine quality group of guys that care. And I think there are, I think they're a good hockey team. I don't know if they're great. I don't, I actually, I know that I, I, I don't think they're great, but I don't think they're bad either. And I think it's a team that if you, if you add a piece to it, um, it could do something. I'm thinking of a lower tier guy. I wrote about it on NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. Maybe a guy like Jamie Alexiak, big guy, six foot seven defenseman, plays tough, good reach, uh, knows how to prevent goals. Um, he stands up for teammates, which I know has been kind of a buzz with the Flyers. And he was part of a winner last year, you know, part of a team that, um, you know, that went to the Stanley Cup final that people were not, I mean, not expecting to go to. Um, so that that's, you know, that's a, a great name. Yeah. Um, yeah, John, he, he, and he was great. And like you said, 27 games in that playoff run. Uh, he had nine points. He was a plus 11. He played over 21 minutes a game. Uh, all A ton of hits, a lot of block shots. He was really impressive last playoffs as the Stars, like you said, Joe, went to the Stanley Cup. You know, a guy that's kind of done it before, who's been there and just coming off a really good run, probably playing some of his best hockey of his career. Um, so I think that'd be – and he and he would probably cost like a mid-round draft pick. That's about it. He, he'd be a rental, unrestricted free agent after the year. The Flyers could probably let him walk if they want. And maybe if they're blown away, they could try to re-sign him. Don't think they would. But um, So I think maybe an addition like that. Uh, but Joe, this is a perfect segue. You you touched on it, and uh, we're gonna get into our cold brew check presented by Duncan. Hard question. It's a hard hitting one. It really truly is the cold brew check presented by Duncan. Is this team a playoff team in your mind? As currently constructed, I would say they're just on the outside looking in okay. because I don't see them uh, being better than any of those top four teams. And you know, we've talked about the trade deadline a lot. Some of this might come down to playing defense against the teams that you're trailing in the division or that are, that are all right in the mix because 
there's been a lot of rumors out there with Boston. They're not happy with their scoring beyond that top line. Um, I mean, I saw like there's, there's been rumors out there that Detroit's looking to move Dylan Larkin, who is a top play, you know, a top line player for them. Um, that's another big thing. If, if one of your top guy, if one of your, one of the teams in your division is going to go out and make a splash move like that, then that's another consideration. So the, the trade deadline stuff can't all be viewed in a vacuum. It has to be viewed like, okay, these other teams are going to try to do something too, because I think a team like Washington, a team like Boston, uh, a team like the Islanders, believe that they are right on the cusp of the Stanley cup finals. Um, and you know, that, that, that's another factor. I'm not saying you hear that the, the Bruins hypothetically are out to get Larkin, then you go crazy. Like, I'm not saying that I'm saying you make a move counter to make yourself better too, rather than just sit there and watch the teams get better above you. That's not any situation that anybody wants to be involved in. So I think that's a big factor here too, because uh, there's been a lot of rumors, particularly around Boston. Um, I think Washington has a really strong top six, um, and their D their D is 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 pretty good. Um, they made some key additions in the off season on the on their blue line, like Nick Schultz, for example. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, these other teams have needs, and they feel like I'm sure. You know, obviously, too, if you're Washington, you're thinking, how many years does Ovechkin have left with the chance? And, you know, you want to push it and try to get him a second cup. So a lot of factors at play here. But I believe right now the Flyers are just on the outside of that top four. I believe they're better than the Rangers. Um, But I think um, they would need to make a move to get into that top four conversation. Yeah, it's a great point that, you know, these other teams are going to get better at the trade deadline. Most likely they will get better at the trade deadline. So if the Flyers go into this and then just sit on their hands and don't do anything, um, what would that tell the current roster in place uh, that they're not going out and getting help while the other teams get better? Um, Even the Islanders, I think with losing Andrews Lee, I think the word is they're going to go out and and try to get something to really supplement this team and give it, give it a better shot knowing that they have a hole with Andrews Lee, their captain out. So, and the key factor there with Andrews Lee is his cap hit is, is now removed from their cap. So yeah. all of a sudden there's like uh, six, $7 million open. I mean, yep. that's not only room to add somebody that's room to add somebody big. And, yep. you know, that's a scary thought considering yeah. what they were when Lee was playing. Yeah. So I, I fully expect Chuck Fletcher to be proactive at the deadline. He's going to go out and get someone, Unless the Flyers, honestly, after that 9 nothing loss, just seriously plummeted uh, the rest of the way in March, then maybe I think Chuck Fletcher re- realized they're in a hole and he would, he would probably more so look to sell or at least maybe retool a little bit and sell some parts, um, maybe look a little bit more towards the future. But I- I'm talking, they would have to seriously plummet and be out of contention. They're not. They're right, they're right on the cusp and they have some games in hand on some of these teams. But I, I expect them to go out. As far as if they're a playoff team, um, I think they might be. I think they might be with what they have right now. I do like the fact that they have games in hand. And I think those top teams in the division, they were rolling as the Flyers went through, obviously, some difficulty with the COVID shutdown, coming back, not having guys. Um, and then, quite frankly, they're just not playing well. Um, and the Flyers are still in the in range 
with those teams. I think the top three, I think New York, Pittsburgh, and Washington all had like winning streaks, I think over five. So th- th- those teams were playing great hockey. The Flyers were playing their worst hockey and they were dealing with some things. So I don't think the Flyers are off the mark as, uh, as far as it may seem right now, but I do think they need help. And I think if they go get help, I believe they will be a playoff team. I think they're, um, I think they could go out and get a really solid defenseman for a low price. Um, and I think they can play better. I truly do. I just, I think they've had so much go wrong for them that we, ex- like we expect Carter Hart to be better, to be better. We don't expect Brian Elliott to be pulled in consecutive starts. I certainly don't expect him to be giving up more goals per game than the Sabres this season. Going into last night, they were giving up more goals per game than the Sabres. I just don't think that's going to continue. I think they can play much better hockey, especially defensively. Um, and I'm just constantly reminded of last season where it did take them multiple months to get going. And I know there's not the same runway in this season. I fully understand that. We're at the halfway point and the team was just losing 9-0. Uh, but I do think Elaine Vigneault's teams do get better. They do find their system over time. Um, I think he's a coach with a track record of getting the best out of his team as uh, the season goes along. So I, I still like the Flyers' chances. I still think they're a good team. I do think they need some help, and I think they'll get it. Uh, and I believe they'll finish as a playoff team. But, Joe, it is kind of crazy to think one of these five teams will not make the playoffs. Like, that's hard to believe. The Bruins, as we know, had the perfection line, and they're accomplished. Penguins obviously have guys that are three-time Stanley Cup champs. The Capitals have Ovechkin and Oshie. And then the Islanders have Barry Trotz, and they look like they could be one of the best teams in the event. Like, one of these teams won't make the playoffs. It's just kind of hard to believe. It is hard to believe, um, and if you go by the standings now, the most un- the the team that's most likely to be a playoff lock is the Islanders, I would think. Yeah. So that means you're going to have either Ovechkin not making the playoffs, Crosby and Malkin not making the playoffs, or that perfection line not making the playoffs, and that's yeah. very hard to believe. It's it's a very unique season, and you know you just look at just last night's results. So the Flyers get their win. And then you have Pittsburgh losing to the Devils. Yeah. Now, I think before the night, you would go, all right, well, that's a win for Pittsburgh. But it's not, because in this season, these teams play each other so many times. It, any given night, you don't know what motivates these guys. Maybe they come out, like, I, for example, P.K. Subban, all of a sudden, he's been playing better hockey lately. And we, we've seen with other teams, when P.K. plays really good hockey, it seems to elevate the level of the rest of the team. So the Devils might become annoying for a team to play. The Rangers we've seen, you know, Panarin comes back. uh, They seem to have escaped a big hit um, with COVID because the players that were on the COVID protocol all came back for that second game against the Flyers. Um, But we see players emerging like Adam Fox with them. Pavel Buchnevich leads them in scoring. Um, You know, it's not like they're just going to go away. Really the only team that you could say is a doormat type of team is Buffalo. And, you know, you never know. Buffalo just fired their coach. We know how teams play after new coaches come in. Yeah. Um, we don't know what the status of Jack Eichel is. We don't know if they're going to try to move Sam Reinhardt, Victor Olofsson. They have some pieces that would be attractive to teams looking to make, you know, get that final piece um, for a Stanley Cup run. So we don't know what, the makeup is, but it just shows you 
two nights ago, we were talking about how Pittsburgh's put some space between themselves and the Flyers. And now Flyers beat the Islanders, Pittsburgh loses to, to the Devils. And all of a sudden that space is uh, not as much space. And, you know, when you look at standings and it's five points as opposed to three, it's two points difference. But when you look at it, it seems like a world of difference. Yeah. Yeah, you'll truly will see violent swings in the standings this season mm-hmm. just with the nature of all divisional play, and it's going to make yep. it fun. Uh, so, yes, are the Flyers a playoff team? Are they not? That will continue to be debated, and the Flyers ultimately will have the final answer. But that was our cold brew check presented by Duncan. This season, be sure to grab a cold brew for game time because where there's hockey, there's Duncan. Well, Joe, we're looking forward to – Hockey on Saturday, another big game for the Flyers against the Islanders. It will be on NBC Sports Philadelphia. There will be pre- and post-game live produced by Joe Flores right here. So it should be fun. Um, and then, heck, what? who do they play after that? The Islanders. They play the Islanders again. So plenty of matchups with uh, these New York teams. And uh, they're going to be And a random time. game with the Devils mixed in. Yeah, exactly. It's just, just a little teaser. We'll have a big mystery guest. There we go. I love Flyers that. pre-game live. Uh, for Tuesday's game against the New Jersey Devils. And this guy has more connections to the Flyers and their rivalries uh, than maybe anybody in the history of the league. So that's awesome. a big, uh, yeah, a big mystery guest. I love it. Yeah, if, if, if for those um, listening, uh, Joe always gets incredible mystery guests and it, just with awesome insight and obviously with uh, incredible track records in the NHL, uh, you do not want to miss that on Tuesday. And Joe will have pre and post game live for you on Saturday as well. Flyers fans, thank you so much for listening. Joe Fordyce, thank you as always. Cannot wait to watch your shows. A special thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer. And Flyers fans, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe. And we cannot wait to talk to you next time.